Welcome to Two Therapist Tales, a podcast where Jacqueline Sabodi and Anna Zonin work to normalize conversations about mental health. Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Therapist Tales. I'm Jacqueline Sabodi, and today I have an extra special guest joining me, Kim Barnard. Kim is an LSW with a master's degree from Loyola University, Chicago. Kim has dedicated her career to working with children and families to find a path forward and believes that the true path to healing is through constant intentional movement. Today, Kim and I want to get together to discuss what it means when relationships transition and or end. It was important for me to talk about a vulnerable and personal topic on the podcast to honor a piece of my truth. Part of that truth is that I am amid a new chapter. For many of us, life transitions and changes feel like breakthroughs, breakdowns, feelings of uncertainty, vulnerability, and also excitement. When I first started this podcast, a fellow therapist colleague and I shared the co-hosting role. However, we have mutually decided to transition this co-hosting relationship and moving forward, I'll be the sole co-host. I'll be the sole host, I should say. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I will transition the name of the podcast to A Therapist Tale. I felt it imperative to honor that change and host host this podcast to discuss in general terms what it means when relationships in our life end, transition, evolve, or maybe just no longer serve us. Kim, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to do this podcast. Me too. Me too. I think we both have some uh, good perspectives on different types of, um, you know, relationships and how they end and what that looks like for us. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And also that like, it doesn't have to, obviously relationship transitions and endings are hard and emotional, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like it it can, we can get on the other side of that transition and we can have perspective and um, we can reflect on what it's taught us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. I mean, we have a really nice, lovely relationship. We've been friends uh, for how many years? My goodness, a decade and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty, wow. successful, pretty successful. Well, also, you know, because of that friendship and, and also, <clears throat> you know, really, you know, being in class together, but, mm-hmm. you know, having all these real life experiences together, yes, you know, yes. I know that for both of us, we kind of have an outsider's view on, um, you know, what's gone on in the other person's life. You know, you yes. witnessed, um, you know, my divorce and the breakdown of that relationship very closely. Yes. Um, so it's always nice to kind of have, um, have you there because you were one of my biggest supports too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that also like, right. It's like when we're in the storm, which storm can be just transition, right. But like when we're in the storm for me, it definitely is like one thing I can anchor and remember is like who was supportive. Like what are the thoughtful and little things someone said? Like what were the thoughtful and little gestures someone did? Like those, you know, cause like when you're in the storm, like you kind of, you black out, you shut down. Like, but those are the things that really, I like for all my like challenging chapters, um, whether it was a relationship ending or just a life chapter transition. Um, those are the things that stick out. Yeah. And I think, Uh, One thing I was thinking about before this was, you know, when you're in those transitions um, or you're in a place of pain, um, I I feel like you have such tunnel vision Mm -hmm. and it's, 
it's those people that are around you that um, kind of hoist you up to just be like, we're here, mm-hmm. got it. Um, and you're like, okay, I know that this person's here and I know that this person's here. I can keep moving forward. Um, those supports are, are so important. Um, yeah. They're pillars. Mm-hmm. They're lighthouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They agree. really are. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's like kind of, I know we have some like little prepped guiding mm-hmm. questions, outlines. Um, so I'll just start with how do we recognize when a relationship is no longer serving our best, higher, and most well self? What does it mean when we have to let someone else go in order to evolve into a different version of ourselves? How do we honor our ourselves and our knowing? Yeah, uh, you know, I this this one was actually the hardest one for me because I think that you don't um, you don't really understand it or recognize it until you through it, and it's unfortunately one of those things that comes with experience because I know that when. I was in the midst of my biggest transition, which was my divorce. Um, I didn't know which way was up. Like I couldn't, right. you know, emotionally I, I was a mess mm-hmm. in, in my mind. I, I was trying to be very logical and, and um, have an explanation for everything. And there's a reason for everything. And um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that when you're, when a relationship is breaking down and there are so many ruptures, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. finally get to a point where you're like, I just can't do it anymore. And then once you have that experience, it kind of broadens your, your worldview and mm-hmm. you're able to recognize things that don't serve you well or energy that's not, mm-hmm. you know, positive. Um, not that it always has to be positive because I think negative energy has its own uh, uses. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think all of the decisions that I made throughout that period of time were actually based on very small events or, mm-hmm. um, you know, decisions um, from my ex or my own, they were very small, but they were very meaningful because I had kind of stuck it out because I wanted to make sure that, that, the decisions I was making were, were what was right and appropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. So it'd be something small. Just be like, that doesn't sit well with me. That's not serving me well. Um, and then once I kind of started recognizing more of that and maybe this parting um, of ways and, and the way that our, you know, our opinions on certain things were just different. Uh, it became easier to kind of set those boundaries and to know when it was time to step back for my own good. Um, I think, it also kind of amplifies it once there, are, if there are children involved, um, because you're trying to make, you know, kids want happy parents and that's all they care about. So yeah. whatever is going to do, you know, yeah. however I can do well by him, that's what we both wanted. So uh, it's hard to recognize, but I do think that as you get older, it's it's a, almost like a skill you acquire through experience. Yeah. And also that like you carry into other partnerships, friendships, family ships, working dynamics. Mm-hmm. Like you almost develop that, um, like that bullshit sniffer, that sixth sense to be able to just be a little bit more thoughtful next time in terms of who's going to get let in. I think the, um, thing that you said that stuck out for me was like, um, 
and which is, is, and was true for me is like, um, it just, again, that like internal vibe compass guiding light, just that, that shift of, of sensation and emotion and energy that just like, there's, there's something that just is no longer mm-hmm. connecting on a cellular and energetic level. Um, and it's not going to stop being incessant and knocking internally until you answer it and explore it. Um, and it, um, for me, like stuff didn't get quiet until I said, okay, this is, this is what I would like. And I need to have a conversation, right. And then it's having that conversation. Right. <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> right. It's um, always fun. Yeah. And I think that also just like life is not lived in the bookends. Life is lived in that in-between space. And it's like, in, nobody really sees that in-between space. They kind of just say, see like, oh, well this was how it was. And then this is how it is now, but there's so much contemplation and thought that goes into making a big decision to transition and or end a relationship, Mm -hmm. even if it's wanted by both parties. Yeah. You know, I think regardless of what the relationship looks like, if it's a friendship or a a professional relationship or marriage, it's, you know, you've had all this time to develop and to build something together. And, you know, when, when that ends, even if it is what's best, and even if it's what both parties want, um, it's a death. I mean, it's, it, in some way, in a lot of ways, it's like a death. And I, I feel like I've heard that all the time, but, Mm. you know, going through that, I certainly felt that to be true because it's, it's all of this hope that you had for this relationship. And even though it's ending, you still care and you still love and you still, you know, want what's best. Um, But there are other factors at play that, you know, you sometimes don't have any control over. Um, My response to that was I'm going to try to control as much as I can because that's all I, that's all I know how to do. I hadn't really learned yet that, the letting go is like that if someone's, you know, not able to be there in the way they used to, or things have changed, um, you really do have to go through a grieving process. And, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of goes with the the shedding part, you know, that you had mentioned, which is, you know, I had a lot of people around me and I, it was really important, but it was also equally as important that I had those times at 2 a.m. having a panic attack or like, I got to get up because my kid needs to eat this morning or, you know, just being a mom when I felt com- completely depleted or going to work when I couldn't have cared less because my emotional state was so, Fragile. you know, um, those moments word, I'm like, okay, you are in this on your own though. Like you have support and that's important, but these decisions will not be made by anybody else. Nobody can tell you when you've had enough. Nobody can tell you when it's time to go or stay or whatever decision. Um, and like nobody else is in charge of your happiness. Everybody wants that, but until you decide to move through it and face it, um, which is felt nearly impossible some days, um, 
you know, it was all of those really hard moments that I look back on. I'm like, wow, those, those actually were the transformative moments. Like I came out on the other end, but I worked my butt off, you know, I had the guidance of my therapist, but it was, it was this like immense amount of work that I was like, okay, I feel heartbroken. I feel, but now I got to do this. (laughs) Now I got to like make big girl decisions when I don't feel ready to. And and it's like, through the shedding, like, right. Like what does shedding look like? Right. Like everyone just typically sees this on the other side. It's like through the shedding, it's a lot of like breaking down, questioning, crying, fantasizing, bargaining, denial, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, grief, sadness, um, possibility, hope, right. Like exploratory, right. Like we do get to that place. And then you're, you know, even in your bio, you were talking about constant and intentional movement, And it's like, I'm sure there are days that you're, you know, when you were breaking down and you wanted to just freeze and stay still and and not move, you're like, I have to right with thought and and intention. I have to get up. I have to go be a mom. I have to go be this person at work. Like I have to, I have to mobilize. Um, Why is the shedding important? Like why is that part of our evolution, right? Like how did that relationship get us to this point where it's like, okay, the relationship, this relationship has served you well, it's gotten you to this point, And now you have to shed in order to evolve to like, right, like leveling up. Like, what is that about? And why is that kind of just an important part of being human, right? Because it's, it's not as though yeah. we're not going to see another relationship in our future that we, we might need to shed. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, for me, it was, it was just this like complete 180 and in the way I thought about myself and the way that I saw my role, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for the long, for a long time, I saw the ending of that marriage as a personal failure. Like Mm -hmm. I hadn't done enough and I wasn't enough and I wasn't, I I should have done this, that, and the other thing, whatever it was, (laughs) you know, we tell ourselves about the reason it failed. Right. I had created this idea in my head that you know, and, and I think it made it easier to blame myself because then I was like, well, then I can change. And that's, that's not how it goes. Right. So it's kind of this like really interesting evolution from saying, this is a personal failure. This is my fault. I didn't catch this, or I didn't see that, or I didn't set that boundary. Um, I tried to be logical about what was happening or what happened. Um, I tried to explain and justify behavior that was just not acceptable. Um, I made concessions I shouldn't have made. And, um, you know, I was always trusting that that my best interests were at heart, um, which funny enough, I do think at the end of the day, that was true. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but in the moment, it felt, felt very wrong and it felt painful. Um, you know, I, I did everything I, I felt like I could do at the time to save it, you know? Um, but then, you know, as, as I continued to move through and we, we continued to kind of just find that we weren't on the same page anymore. Um, it just became clearer and clearer that it wasn't for me. And I had all of the emotions. (laughs) Um, I, you know, was in therapy weekly and, and, you know, I spoke to all my close loved ones and, and, you know, he and I had, um, had really tried the best way we each knew how to move through it, but it just came 
to be pretty obvious that it wasn't. So I think that really sinking in for a few months and trying to repair what we could, but just coming to the realization that there was just, we had grown apart in so many ways, um, made it easier to make decisions at the end. And so I think going forward, um, while it's important to, to, to try to work things out and, and stick them out, I think with any relationship, uh, it's kind of, I'm able to view it from the standpoint where I'm like, okay, have you set boundaries that are appropriate for yourself? Are you getting what you need? Um, and those weren't questions I asked myself before because I had just been in that relationship for so long and it wasn't always that way. So this, this slow evolution of kind of, you know, an, an ending of our relationship, um, I kind of look back at the ending. and was like, who was she? Like, who, yes. who was this woman? And to be able to be on the other side and feel like a completely different person is, is a wonderful thing. And that's part of the shedding, right? Like when you're mm-hmm. in the shedding, it's really painful and really messy and doesn't look good. It looks like a lot of crying and falling apart. <laughs> but the only way that we can get to a higher, healthier, more evolved self is to move through all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it is pretty cool to be like, okay, this relationship got me to this point. And now I have to do a bit of my journey on my own. Mm-hmm. And when I get on the other side of all of that, I'm going to be an even stronger, more resilient, more evolved version of myself. And, and I can't wait to meet her. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm also sure. like the other thing that at times is painful. And I try not to do too much of this is like also missing that pre-version, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like a version you go through shit and then you're a new version. It's like missing, like, like my 16, 17 year old self, like my 30 year old self, like those versions are really cool. Like I miss my like carefree, you know, (laughs) everything goes definitely more carefree, (laughs) but you know, you go through shit and like you're saying, you, you do say like, wow, who was she? And, and, and what had, what had she needed to learn through that relationship, which I think kind of brings us to like our next point, which is that how can we, and why is it important to end relationships from place of respect and reverence? After all, at some point in our lives, this personal relationship were sacred and meaningful. We chose it. Right. Um, and like how problematic can like bitterness and toxicity and anger be? Mm -hmm. Um, and not to say that it's not going to happen because I don't know that like the ending of any relationship doesn't bring that as well, but how can we kind of find the balance and hopefully just kind of walk away from a relationship and just be like, yes, it served me. And, and, and also like I served them, right. Like Mm -hmm. you have to believe that we helped that other person in, in ways evolve, but you know, why is it important that we respect the relationship? Um, and also just think like in this day and age of like texting and hiding behind a screen, like how easy it is to, cut things off of the knees versus like having conversations like face to face and yeah. What does that look like? Well, I think that, you know, it's important to honor the relationship that started it all, you know, because you never think you're going to, you know, when you start any kind of relationship, you never think about what if it ends or like, you're like, Oh, it'll always be great and rosy and, and we'll always get along. And, you know, there were so many great years that we had and and I want to respect that because 
it was a big chunk of my adult life. And, um, you know, the ending isn't necessarily reflective of the entire relationship. And I think it's always important to remember that. And no relationship is a waste. And they, they've all served their purpose, however long they are. And they teach us so much. Um, and it's respect for, for that building process and the things that you did build together. You know, um, you know, we have a son that we are incredibly proud of. And, you know, we also like had a really fun life and, you know, it came to an end and it was, it was a, a very challenging end, but um, I, my therapist once, I think it was my therapist that said this, but uh, she said, the decisions you make right now will be a weight that you carry for the rest of your life. Make it light. And I don't know where she heard it from. I don't know who said it, but that's always kind of played over in my head because I always want to react in a way that's, that's authentic. That's my, that's me. And, um, I, a lot of times I'll say, I want to, I want to be graceful. Okay. But sometimes things aren't great. Like sometimes things just are really hurtful or messy and like, you can't always be graceful. That's not like an attainable (laughs) goal, but it, it, that, that quote just kind of hits me because it's like, it's true, right? I could react with bitterness and anger. I could react with like anybody can. Um, but what's the end goal, right? To get this relationship back. That's no longer right for us. Right. Um, because I'm just going to be upset with myself that I was angry and didn't, you know, I've certainly, I certainly had my moments of anger. A lot of them were by myself. A lot of them weren't. Um, but generally speaking, I said, how can I handle this situation that's reflective of my values that I'm going to look back on and say, like, you handled that well. You handled that in a way that, that I respect and I, I love. Um, I also think that angry endings or, or bitterness really steal our, our ability to be in the moment and to experience a lot of joy um, because you're just preoccupied. You're preoccupied with things that have happened and not that letting go is easy because it's not, um, but it, it's, it kind of just, it, it stunts you. You can't, you can't feel the full range of emotions if you're so stuck on being angry about one thing. And, um, you know, also when there's a child involved, that child is, children are going to feel it more than anybody. They, they're very aware of the dynamic between their parents and, you know, the, the thing, the best thing you can do for them is to find a way to move forward without, without this toxic energy. Um, And I think also it's like a place of acceptance that a lot of things that were done are going to go like left unsaid and and undiscussed. And there has to be acceptance that that is the healthiest choice. Like we actually, Mm -hmm. we've chosen that this relationship is no longer. And the reasons for that actually don't need to be any, like don't need to be dissected anymore because guess what? They don't matter because a decision has been made around you know, how we're going to continue to be in each other's lives. And so like whatever hurt and wrongdoing we've harbored or feel is justified. It's important to like relinquish the desire to feel and that's all like ego, right? Like our Mm -hmm. ego wants to be so justified in the story it's created. 
Um, but truly the thing that is going to help us get to that more well and evolved version of us is to let that go and just acknowledge like we're all human, we're all flawed. We enter relationships without the intent of most relationships, without the intent of hurting another, right? Like I want to believe in the good of humanity here. Um, but, but man, it's, it's messy being human, right? Like we make good decisions. Um, and we think that it's for the the best of of ourselves and, and another, and sometimes it ends up hurting, you know, that person. And yeah, it's just, I think acceptance is, is important. And again, just like kind of how we've said a couple of times, like at at some point we chose to be in partnership, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, friendship or romantic relationship with this other, um, and they, they, they came with good. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, important to recognize and just knowing, like, there's another chapter and there's another, um, there's another piece of my story that is going to be written without them in my life in this way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just feeling some level of excitement for like what may come and what may be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also it's, you know, with, with, with endings, we tend to, to, look to the other person to say like these are the things that you did wrong Mm -hmm. and I think that for me it was really important to say okay like where where could you have maybe where were you wrong because it's always there's always two two sides albeit one might be you know it, it it's just it might be off balance, you know, in terms of who did what wrong. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But I think that self-reflection is really important to say, what are things that I don't want to carry through um, or things that I've done or said that I don't want to carry into another relationship, um, be it personal or business or friendship. Um, Yeah. Just to have have that knowledge as well. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I know for me, like when I get to the place of like, not a moss, like I'm pretty shut down. Like there's like mm-hmm. not much, it's not easy to like access. Like when I have like harbored enough, yeah, I'm like, yeah. And that's hard. Like that's definitely hard. That's like definitely part of my humanness. And I think that is pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> not my most evolved self. But again, I think that like maybe what I've taken away is like, communication is key. Like you have to find ground, even if communication isn't working, it's like naming that, like our communication is just really unaligned. Like, you know, and that might look like counseling, um, coaching from a professional, Mm -hmm. um, you know, really working at it. But I think the other thing is like in partnership relationships, you have to, there has to be a want to continue to work on it. Yes. That's another thing. Like if there isn't that internal want, you're just doing yourself and the other person a disservice by staying in the partnership. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, also being able to recognize that in a partnership, you're, you're each going to have different levels of, of what you're able to give. And what you're able to work through, it's not going to look the same, you know, and, but also trust that that person is doing the best that they can 
And that's, that's all you can ask. And it, it might not be enough and that's okay. Cause that's maybe a signal that, you know, I mean, it's confirmation that you're not in alignment anymore and that you're not, you know, moving in the same direction. Yeah. Uh, but also just accepting the fact that those levels are going to look different most likely. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is that like, this is a challenging place to arrive at and people like tend to not say it, but then their behaviors start to say it. And it's within the behaviors and actions that end up really hurting mm-hmm. another. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think that when you said, you know, when we were talking about, you know, how do you, uh, do you do it like face to face? Like, are you very honest? I think that it is so important for honesty to be fa- and to be honest and to, to be face to face. I think it would have saved a lot of, um, for a lot of people, it would save a lot of heartbreak. Um, it's hard. It's not fun, but at the end of the day, um, your time and energy is worth something. And I think for me, it also was just like, like you are an adult, you are an adult and you need to be coming from this place of, I don't know, like practicing what you preach and like evolving. Like I know like a lot of us like grew up in households where communication wasn't something that was taught. And so, you know, now in adulthood, we have learned what it is and how to do it best or better. Um, and so just like exercising that uncomfortable muscle, of like, ah, oh, fuck, it's going to be uncomfortable, right? Because we're human, right? Like right. even with best intentions, like emotions, can flood us and cloud us and conversations can just be sticky and prickly and unsettling. But if we can really lead from that place of reverence and grace, like you were saying earlier, and our own honesty and our own truth and our own knowing, if we can honor all of that, then hopefully it goes smoothly. And if we've done wrong, to honor that too and just own Mm -hmm. it. I could have shown up better. I could have shown up differently. Mm -hmm. Did the best I could. I'm going to learn. I'm going to take away a lot. The other thing is, is like, and I think that this happens. And I'm like, I think social media also is like a culprit for this. Like thoughts and feelings linger even long after the relationship has ended. Like things can be triggering songs, memories, photos, like it can kind of bring us back and sort of what's it, what, are important ways to navigate navigate that and what do we do about it yeah i mean we know so much these days right like totally. there's so much access uh, i so think true. the best thing you can do is to unfollow and unfriend first of all right it doesn't it's not helpful if there's nothing you're gonna go look for and find that's gonna make you happy like and like, I was just talking to a girlfriend this morning about it. I was like, I saw this thing and I said to myself, right at 35 years old, I said to myself, you need to be off social media for a month. Yeah. Like you, like, it's just unhealthy. Like even mm-hmm. one of my clients was telling me like Venmo, like I saw mm-hmm. this Venmo transaction and I knew, and mm-hmm. I'm like, man, we have too much accessibility. Like we do. 20, 25 years ago, we would never have this type of insight into the lives of, um, you know, partnership or relationships that have ended, you know, exes or whatever. But yeah, I agree. Like unfollow, like don't open stories, like social media breaks. I think the other thing 
I said this to my girlfriends, I was like, thank you for also like allowing like me to go into the spiral of like irrationality. Like thank you for <laughs> yeah. just holding that space. Like, we can set the timer. We can, we can talk yeah. <laughs> in this immature way for 15, 20 minutes and then I'll be done. But thank you also for like allowing me to come apart a bit, mm-hmm. even though this is irrational. Right. So like also knowing which yeah. relationships like can do that with you and not shame you or make you feel dumb or irrational. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I remember having conversations with you where I'm like so tired of hearing myself say the same things, but I just didn't know what else to do. And you were like, yeah, I know. And you were just like stuck in it with me until eventually I didn't have those anymore. But you, it, that's part of, that's part of it. Right. Is, is just like, yeah, like I'll be your lighthouse <laughs> or like, I'll be the one with the snacks in the boat while we sink. Like just mm-hmm. tell me which one you need. I'll do either. <laughs> Yeah, here for all of it. But yeah, I do think it's important to know which part, like which relationships of support can like do those things for you and with you. Because again, just like doing the human thing is messy and like doing the human thing, it it feels painful and messy because you're doing it right. That's Glenn Doyle, my girl. Um, But just like, it's it's supposed to feel hard. Like it's supposed to feel messy. Like those of us that have this like falsity that like life is easy and perfect. Like that's just, those are lies. <laughs> that's a lie. It's, it's, you'll never, you'll never get there. That's the thing. It's, it's always something. And the, you know, the older you get, the more you learn about how to, how to live that way and to just kind of accept things, um, advocate for yourself um, and like finding joy and, and, you know, healthy, healthy relationships. Yeah. And I think also it's like, um, you know, like the pseudo positivity movement, like let's do away from it. But I do, I agree. It's like joy and gratitude. Like those are really like easy to access, easier to access, um, for a lot of people who have gone through challenging or adverse relationship breakdowns, like, I can find gratitude because that person was in my life and they served me in this way and I learned X, Y, Z and I'm stronger because of that, the challenges that I saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that that's um, part of like the lessons and takeaway, you know, um, what, what is a value? Like, how can I lead from that place of like, well, I got to this point because this person helped me in, in this, in this way you know, they served me and they, and they helped me get to this place that I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like there are, I feel like the, the lessons that I've learned sound really cliche, but (laughs) they're, they're just so true for me. Like you are in charge of your own happiness. I, I think a lot of times we rely on other people to, to fill those places in our, you know, within ourselves to find happiness. Um, but there, there are so many loves in your life that you need to have to pull and you really can't participate in a relationship until you're pretty whole, (laughs) um, hobbies, friends and family, kids, um, creative outlets. Um, you know, for me, yoga, my son, and they all make me a better mom and partner. Um, they make my marriage, my, I'm remarried. (laughs) They make that marriage stronger. They make that partnership stronger because I'm coming 
I'm coming at it as a whole person and so is he. And then that's, that's where, you know, our strengths really are. Um, You know, I think your gut feeling is always right. Trust it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it all, it all contributed to, to me coming out of this as, as just a much more independent and um, complete stronger person um, than I was before. And I think, if I had met my husband five years ago, I just would have been a totally different person. Right. Uh, I am now. And so at the end of the day, you know, it did, it did all work out for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, I was thinking about this one topic about like positivity and how people are like, good vibes only, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Like that, that doesn't, <laughs> anyone right it's like no there just are negative things and they hurt there's you don't have to find a silver lining to everything like we can we can coexist with like hope and joy and heartache like or like for both I manifested you know my dreams and like I mean did you or did you take intentional steps to get there because like you can you can manifest but some people, you know, not everyone, but some people are coming from a place of privilege or they're, you know, you know, maybe have like more resources at their hands or, or, you know, they manifested something that was a little bit easier. I don't know. I just, I, I just want to link that though, to, to saying that you can manifest sure, but nothing's going to change without you putting the work into yourself and whatever that looks like for you, because that's when things happen and be positive. That's great. But just don't have that be the only thing you're doing. Yeah. And also just like, there are so many other places to lead from Mm -hmm. in addition to that, Mm -hmm. like, you know, my sources of support helped carry me when I, I I couldn't feel my two legs on the, on the, on the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. My, my yoga community was the place that I came apart on my mat and I needed that. Well, and, and this, this was such an important experience for me. Um, you know, that yoga was an integral part of my healing. It was, it was life-changing for me. And, um, because I, my, my whole body was so stuck and, and I mentally, I was stuck and I couldn't move and you came out to visit <laughs> and, Jackie takes this hot yoga class with, and this woman, she's got a washcloth over her face. She can't even see me. And we're in Shavasana. So we're like, you know, we're relaxing. And I just, I start spilling over and I'm like, I'm in hot yoga. If I'm crying, nobody's going to notice. And instinctively she just reaches over and holds my hand without seeing me. Just like, you just like felt my energy or something. And, and um, so then of course I, started crying more like oh my gosh she like can read me (laughs) she's like but it was such a such a powerful thing for me because Mm. I'm like okay there are people who you are completely aligned with don't get yourself so stuck on this one person that you're you're not aligned with it's okay yeah Yeah. Um, so just you know the the power of support and friendship and just participation in somebody else's um journey is so important yes and like I feel like friendship and support ship, like that's everything, especially when you're going through like you, you need not to say any words, but just like, again, energetically, like that person can know. Mm-hmm. 
that totally. person to have that total knowing. Yeah. So it's, it was, right. it was, I didn't have a washcloth over my face and I don't remember that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I don't know how you did it. I really don't. You just, you just reached over and you like, <laughs> the timing was impeccable. I was like, oh, I just started having tears streaming and I was starting to breathe heavy and like the music was so loud. So it's not like you could have heard me, you know? Um, I don't think you talked about that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think about it um, a lot because it's just, um, you know, it, it was one of those moments in, in one of those like touch points of, of that experience of saying like, yeah, I yeah, do have people who, who, who are with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's, it, it is like when, when we're going through traumatic and adverse events, our brain does this beautiful thing of trying to protect us through denial and disassociation and depersonalization and, and just totally disconnecting us. And I sure as shit experience short-term anesthesia <laughs> when I'm going through traumatic events. And so it, it blocks out specific memories, but what it doesn't block out is goodness. Like I remember, I remember specifically in the last year, we're dealing with a freaking pandemic. How many times did you show up and come? You had a child, you're going through this really challenging chapter and moving and, and all this stuff. And you came to all of these events just to be there for me, mm-hmm. right? Like those are the things that stick out. I was having that conversation with a girlfriend too recently. I was like, I remember that you sent me this. And I remember that mm-hmm. you gave me this little thing because it, it does, it makes a difference. And I think that like people who are like listening, right? So we have like therapists listening, we have people going through hard things are listening. Like, what can we do? And it's like, do those little things. They do make a difference. Send the card, send the little flowers because like pick up the phone, check on the pe- the person. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And it's, it's that extra thought to be like, I'm, I'm being considered by somebody, um, that just, it just sits with, I mean, it sticks with you forever. It does. Um, we kind of talked about this, um, like interchangeably, but like two people grow apart, right? Like we grow together and we grow apart. Um, and just like that being okay. Like we've both grown, like, I think, um, your partnership is a good example of this. Like you were, you was started in your twenties and you both grew into different people into your thirties. And like, that's okay. Like, that's okay. And like, you know, just, um, that question before, like something I'd, I'd taken away, it was like, um, for me, it was like growing into a version of myself that believed in myself enough and was like, I, I can do things with my two feet planted on this ground. Like I don't need to doubt my ability anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I think for me, I don't, I mean, that was part of my shedding too. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure for, for, you know, this recent parting it's, it, yeah. for you, that's been the case is, is just kind of this, you know, it, growing apart that happens, but just kind of the, the, the way you want things to go is no longer, um, in alignment. Yeah. And I think, and, and right. We don't know anyone else's experience, but, and of course the brain can twiddle like, Oh, like what, what, what do they think? You know what I mean? Like, what are, what yeah. of course. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. yeah I think like those fleeting thoughts, you just like allow to kind of like flutter through and flutter by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, it's just, you're following, you're following your gut and you're following in the life that suits you better. And, and 
and is more representative of, of how you want to be. And, you know, ours was truly a growing apart. You know, we met at 21, we divorced at 33. That's, a, that's like such a huge time of development individually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, when you look at it very simply, that truly is the way it happened. And I'm sure for a lot of couples that get divorced or um, friendships that fall apart or, um, you know, partnerships that fall apart, that's, that's just kind of true. It's just a hard thing to accept. Yeah. And I think it's also like, you know, we, in honoring that, that, that intuition, you're also honoring your own inner child, right? Who's always watching. How is the adult version showing up for that, that inner child? And how can we show the inner child? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. Like if this relationship partnership is no longer serving your well self, I'm, I'm going to step in as the parent version of me and I'm going to, I'm going to help us get unstuck. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, facilitate movement. I'm going to mobilize. I'm going to, I'm going to take the steps and actions that need to be taken here. Yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of creating your own secure base of, of saying like, I can rely on myself. I can always come back to myself. I can always return here. It's a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And develop, you know, building those skills to be able to actually do that yeah. because yeah. at the beginning of this all, not a chance. I could not have done that. I, I didn't have enough of a sense of self, whether I had never built it or I had lost it, whatever the case may be. Um, whether I was just, you know, living through pain. Um, you know, I think being able to learn to depend on yourself, I'm going to make myself healthy meals. I'm going to get myself out and move once a day, whatever that means. Um, and it's kind of what I mean with intentional movement. It's like goal setting no matter how big or small, okay, are you going to um, reinvest in old friendships that you've maybe fallen away a little bit? Or are you going to look start looking for a new job that means something more to you? Is it just getting out of the house and walking for 10 minutes? Or is it making sure you get up and shower? It's all of these small decisions where if you say, that's an attainable goal for the way I feel today. It's a promise to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that they that they string together and then collectively can help facilitate shift. And I love that that notion of like intentional movement, right? Like I'm going to put my two feet on the ground now and I'm going to actually get out of bed and get intentionally make this bed. So that way, guess what? I'm not getting back into it. But when I do tonight, it's made for me. And I'm going to wash my face and I'm going to put on some clean clothing. Like every decision is with intent to help you move forward. Well, yeah. and I have this, just this small story. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of comical now, but in the moment it's, it's <laughs> in the moment it wasn't. <laughs> so there was one morning where I, I, I physically could not get out of bed. I was like, I cannot move my limbs. I cannot sit up. If my kid is crying, I'm sure I'll find a way to do it. But in right now I physically cannot move and I'm paralyzed. And, um, you know, I was like, I got to find a way though. Cause he's got to go to school. I got to go to work. Got to get myself dressed. So I, I peel myself up out of bed and I'm like, took everything I had, just everything. And I got myself dressed. I did what I needed to do. It felt impossible. I get to work and I look down at my shoes and I've got no children, <laughs> two different shoes on like two different <laughs> shoes 
my pants were ill-fitting, the shirt, like nothing worked. I, it's just that whole, I must have walked in and people were like, she is not okay. <laughs> and I sat at my desk just laughing because I'm like, of course, I did my, like, I, of course, but I truly did my best this morning. And this is as good as I could do. And I said to my coworker, I was like, it's only up from here. <laughs> I just was like, good thing I have no meetings today. Um, That's amazing. But it's, it's like looking back and, and, and working in the field, I'm coming from such a, a place where I, I know what that feels like now. And I know, I know how hard that can be and what a win it is to just get out of bed. <laughs> and like, I, I just was like, I was laughing. I was crying. It, it was really funny. Um, but yeah, they do, they, they add up and they do eventually lead to a shift. And then you can make bigger decisions that have a bigger impact on your, your well-being in your life and, and your circumstances. Um, that's like, amazing. I like, well, I got, I got out of bed, so that's a win. Hey, I have pants on. <laughs> no, I mean, not all is lost. <laughs> that's hilarious. This is great. Um, Kim, thanks for joining and for sharing your story and being candid and vulnerable <laughs> and honest and, you know, being um, a beacon that, you know, things shift and we just have to hold on um, and wait yeah. for the, the tide to shift and know that like there is reason, you know, in the breakdown and in the suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and one, one more thing to add just kind of on, on grief and, and relationships ending is there's this very interesting psychologist. Her name is Susan David. And I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's awesome. And she talks about emotional agility Mm. and just kind of like, uh, like a practice of being very centered with ourselves and, and becoming more adaptable and, um, you know, that versus resilience, you know, and how, you don't just bounce back that like resilience is a great word to use. I think in a lot of um, scenarios, it's accurate, but you don't just bounce back. You just, you learn how to work through it and how to, to take the lessons, harness them and use them in your own life. Um, But she also said um, discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. Mm. And I just, Mm, so I, I think it's such a great quote because it, it is, it, it's just the only way we grow is through discomfort and all of these breakdowns in relationships just give us, you know, more perspective. They give us more experience. They broaden our worldview and enable us to help others, which in this field is what our passion is. And, um, it just, allows us to be more present and more insightful and hopefully more effective. So I just uh, that. <laughs> I love that. And I can't wait to look her up. Yeah. Look her up. She's, she's really, really great and has yeah. some, some great work. So awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Next time on a therapist tales, please join me and Noreen Iqbal LCSW. Noreen owns a group practice, olive branch therapy group, and we'll be discussing her passion project, Thera Property. And our closing quote, somebody asked me if I knew you, a million memories flashed through my mind. I just smiled and said, I used to. Thanks again. 
this podcast should not be used as a substitute for therapy or mental health treatment. Please reach out to a licensed professional or facility if you are struggling and need to talk to someone.